If civil war comes, it will for us be the fight of freedom. The economic blockade Nigeria placed on Biafra on June 1st, 1967, was likely the most significant cause of death. It aims to prevent the exports of palm produce and crude oil out of Biafra, as well as to cut off the Biafrans from outside sources of food. It was difficult for them to grow their food internally as farmland loosing was rampant, and they often had to evacuate their towns when the Nigerian army advanced. So, food became scarce and the prices of commodities soared. Ojuku was paranoid that the Nigerian leaders would poison supplies if they were brought in through land or sea. So, they mostly resorted to flying their men at night via the makeshift secret Biafran airstrip, Uli. The flights were made from cities like Liberville and Sao Tome. NGOs and churches like the Red Cross and Caritas Internationalists were instrumental in this process. However, it was not nearly enough and millions of people, especially children, died. Pictures of children sick with Kwashoko were broadcast all over the world as a form of Biafran propaganda to increase awareness of the situation. There were two wars fought in Nigeria. The one was the military war. The second was the propaganda war. Because after secession, Biafra was blockaded by air, land, and sea. And so it had no outlet. It therefore had to turn to propaganda. Biafra had nothing to lose. On the other hand, it had everything to gain. In letting the outside world know what was going on. Many foreign concerned citizens donated money or protested in favor of Biafra. One of the most influential images was the albino boy taken by war photographer Don McCollin in 1969. It depicted a clearly emaciated nine-year-old boy with albinism 
holding an empty corned beef tin, and it sparked global outrage and empathy for Biafra's plight. This is one of the most obscene photographs I've ever taken. I saw this boy in a camp where there were 800 children dying, and some of them dropping down and dying while I was there, and being revived with you know, some injection in the throat, which wasn't going to work. I saw children crawling around with the insides of their rectums hanging out of their backsides and, and flies on, uh, you know, I cannot tell you. I've seen so many children suffering. Nobody should impose this, this suffering on children. It's the worst crime of humanity, particularly dying of starvation, which is the, one of the most cruelest deaths you can imagine. I felt ashamed. It had nothing to do with photography. It was to do with being um, a shameful, you know, passing moment in history. During the war, I walked in sick bed at uh, Isu in a local government, one the local government. Uh, it's not really a hospital per se, but it's where children who are suffering from malnutrition are kept and adults too. So they get all their food. Most things that are, they are given is food, protein that we get from Red Cross and Caritas. They bring egg yolk, corn beef, uh, corn meal that we make for them, and milk, plenty of milk. Mm -hmm. yeah, Kosoko was rampant during the war and it killed a lot of uh, children and even adults because of the malnutrition. So if they are infected, they are treated. All the drugs were coming from the Red Cross because uh, all the borders were closed. It was the Red Cross that helped uh, people to survive during the war and the characters. And characters, they also have uh, centers where they distribute uh, stockfish fresh stockfish, salted stockfish, salt, because that time salt was a scarce commodity. You can't uh, get salt, but people go to that, uh, those uh, centers where they distribute it to give to them. And that was what helped, more especially milk. Make sure the children eat three times a day, give them milk, give them egg. There was nothing like bread at that time. It was just corn meal that you had to make like an oats. They drink it. At times you can make it for them to swallow. At times the children will have sores out of uh, the poshoko, broken down skin. Have to dress the wounds, make sure they don't catch a uh, serious infection uh, that will lead to either they are having pneumonia or diarrhea. The most common thing with Kwashoko patients was diarrhea. And they all had diarrhea all the time. But when they are treated and when they start having the nutrition they need, the diarrhea will stop. When we left Enugu as support team to the army, it didn't stop. Some people moved to Mwaya and they were still supporting. 
So anyway, we, we had army bases. Every army camp had their own support team, frying beef, frying uh, uh, plantain, frying uh, anything friable to put in the dry pack for the soldiers. Because my brother-in-law was a was a surgeon, very good surgeon, Dr. Manif, late Dr. Manif, and there were no hospitals. Most general hospitals were closed down because of the running from the enemy. Enugu, Onecha, Aba, they were closed. So the doctors were forced to join the army as military doctors, supporting them because they need medical support. If they, are, they were wounded in the, in the front, you bring them to the nearest hospital. Like when we were at Mbano and we had Okibu sector, once they were wounded in Okibu sector, Mbano is about 10 miles or 15 miles from Okibu, you bring them to Mbano Joint Hospital, Christian Hospital there. So you, we had doctors, nurses, surgeons working operating 24 hours so my support team i had to stop i started joining my brother-in-law who was a surgeon the army surgeon there to go to the theater that was when i thought i would end up being a doctor so he said oh become come come and join us come and join us you can do something in the in the theater we'll be giving them we'll call this you give kotimula was the one giving kotimula bandages they were using anybody who was willing to walk. And you saw doctors and nurses walked 24 hours, 48 hours, standing, no food, no water. They were operating, especially once they had an attack or if there was a fight in any, any, any sector, casualties must be there. So the casualties were brought amputation, amputation, because if you keep the legs, you have no facilities to manage the, the, the bones to be straight and to be in place. So most of the times they were doing amputation, amputation, amputation. You see young men, 12, 15, 16, 17, no legs. It was very pathetic. Being a doctor in the army, it entails a lot of stresses because you didn't know casualties coming from all sides on the war front and we had to operate on them, especially in the night because of afraid of pirates during the day. Uh, I remember going to the dark HQ and uh, the air raid just overtook me over and to a pump just beyond where I was heading. I was going to the hospital and uh, I was covered with dust after that. But no casualties recorded. When, when I was treating people in the wards, some people commented that they were not going to make it. And uh, I kept encouraging them because I knew that their, but their, their cases were bad and they, they survived ultimately.